0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. When you hear the word greatness, certain people probably spring to mind. Michael Jordan, Albert Einstein, Mother Teresa. Maybe you're thinking, if only I'd been born with that elusive greatness gene, or raised by super-achieving parents, or accepted to an Ivy League college, my life would be so much better, right? Right. My guest today says, wrong. Pam Bilbrey, co-author of The Guide to Ordinary Greatness, 15 Simple Everyday Habits to Help You Create a Life of Success, suggests that greatness has far less to do with that one special thing about a person than it does about their day-in, day-out habits and their character as a whole. Hello, Pam. How are you? I'm great, Amy. How are you tonight? Good. You know, I really like the whole concept of this because... I get it. I get this, that it's what we do day in, day out, that really is going to take us places. You know, talk to us a little bit about it.
1: Well, you know, the, the topic ordinary greatness seems to appeal to everyone. People can identify it because greatness is about being extraordinary in ordinary circumstances. And all of us have opportunities to be great, don't we?
0: Yep, I think so. And, you know, whether or not we're all going to be the Michael Jordans of basketball, that's a whole nother story. But I think he did get there by his day-in, day-out actions, didn't he?
1: Well, yeah, uh, Michael Jordan and most people that rise to a level of what we would consider greatness put a lot of effort, a lot of work into it, and a lot of consistency, uh, consistently doing those little things better and better and better and better.
0: Yep, and being focused. Well, I like that you've got literally these 15 simple everyday habits, and I was just hoping we could run through them quickly this morning. The first is walk your talk.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the most important ones because there needs to be almost this intersection uh, between what we say and what we do. You know, um, we've heard before, do as I say, not as I do. But what makes a greater impact yeah. what we'll see you doing the actions you take, so that's what walk your talk is about that'll build the the trust um that people will have in you um and and you know our behavior always has has speaks louder than words, doesn't it?
0: Oh, it does, and you know it's true in child rearing, but it's also true you know if you're if you're at work and telling somebody, "Oh, of course I'll have that to you by the first, and you don't get it there. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, You got to do what you're going to do. I, well, I guess that's number two. If you make a promise, keep it.
1: Yeah, as you know, promises are very, very important to people, and we take them um, very seriously. So if you say you're going to be somewhere, be there on time. If you say you're going to um, deliver a report, do that. If you say you're going to cook cookies for the school carnival, You need to keep those promises. People respect others that keep those promises, um, and they continue to depend on those people. It builds a relationship. In the moment we don't keep our promises, people start to doubt
0: us. And literally the moment. I mean, I don't think you get too many, you know, gives on that one. The moment that you start not doing what you say. Well, you know, it's funny, too. I think so much comes with that. It, we've all done it. it. No matter how great anybody is, we've all done it, where we have either reneged on a promise, broken a promise, or been unable to deliver what we said we would. It doesn't feel good.
1: No, it doesn't feel good for us. I don't think anybody. Purposely loves to break their promises, no. but the impact it has can be quite extraordinary in a not so good way. Um, when we continuously break promises, that's when our relationships go uh, um, awry. That's when our um, work. Um, evaluations end up being not exactly where we want them to be.
0: Right, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny in all this time. In fact, the next the next habit is runs in the face of everything we're hearing about these days. And you mm-hmm. say, "Do sweat the small stuff."
1: I know, I know. It, <laughs> it was a famous television commercial, wasn't there, that said, "Don't sweat the small stuff." Yeah, but you know, it's those so small, everyday things that make the difference. It really is. We're so busy um, in our lives nowadays that we overlook so much um, that can make a tremendous amount of difference. Little tweaks, little actions, um, little things that we should be noticing can have huge impacts to others um, and help us better see greatness that is in front of us, help us find more joy in, in our life.
0: You know, your your next habit is funny. It's plan for the worst. And I am so optimistic. But this one really got me where I live. I'm an optimist. I'm very upbeat. But you know, what I'm forever saying to my kids. In fact, the other night I said to my daughter, there is a flood warning. So you have to be very careful where you go this evening, because I do not want you swept away in this storm. (laughs) And she thinks that I'm always reaching to the extreme. But the truth is, I do want her to know, God forbid, what should happen when there's a flood warning around. You know what I mean? So I do sort of plan for the worst.
1: And you have to have a plan in your back pocket, don't you? Even for those folks that are true optimists like yourself, when 99% of the time everything goes exactly right, there's always going to be that other little tiny 1% that can get us into trouble. And if we don't have an alternative in our back pocket then we're really in trouble. So, you know, no matter how good um, things have worked out for you in the past, no no matter how good your work has been in the past with um, your employer, it only really takes one mistake, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: But it is. It's plan B. It's knowing what would happen. And, and not only that, but I think it clears your head of the clutter for the other stuff. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you do have a backup plan or you do have a, you know, that's why I think the book, uh, what was it, The Worst Case Scenario uh, you know, yeah. was such a popular one, as people love that idea. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Pam Bilbrey. Pam is co-author of The Guide to Ordinary Greatness, 15 Simple Everyday Habits to Help You Create a Life of Success. And I like this next one, Align Yourself with Other Greats in Your Life.
1: Yes, you know, it's, it's almost catching, isn't it? When you're able to recognize greatness in others that are around us, then you surround yourself with those people, and it drives your energy and excitement and and really helps you find even more greatness in your own personal life. It just is this sense of energy that is so exciting.
0: It is, and I know that exact feeling, and I know the exact opposite feeling. Aren't there people who kind of can suck it from you, too? Oh, yeah. Avoid those. Oh, it
1: just becomes almost you can't breathe. But no, you want to work to find people that are great uh, that and surround yourself with those people. They will help to culti- uh, cultivate the greatness within yourself too.
0: Now, you know, you're saying that these are things that we need to do consistently. So does this mean then surrounding yourself with other greats in your life? You know, what if you can't see them every day? What if you, I mean, do you seek them out in your employment, in your, how do we do this?
1: Yeah, you do. is you look for those individuals who have um, great qualities, greatness qualities um, around them, whether they're your neighbor, whether they're at the um, gym, whether they're in the workplace and your church setting, wherever they happen to be, and don't be afraid to walk up to them and say, you know, is I've been observing you. We don't know each other, but um, I, I really think that there are some things I can learn from you, and I would just love to spend a little bit of time getting to know each other.
0: And do you think then you have an obligation to bring something to that party as well? You know, to to provide that person with with a little brush of greatness as well. well yeah, it's
1: always sort of a give and take, isn't it, in relationships? Yeah, and that's that's what builds upon the greatness for both parties. A little bit of give, a little bit of take.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, so many of these make a lot of sense. Um, act, always act as if someone is watching you. I know that you don't mean be stressed out in that way, but really, you know, let your best self show all the time. Is that basically?
1: It is because the moment that you think no one is watching you and you try to cut a corner or do something that eh, you wouldn't do when someone was watching is exactly the time
0: you <laughs> get caught, isn't it? It's crazy. That's that plan for the worst thing. <laughs> yes, yes. And so it's as if your your mom or dad
1: sitting on your shoulder or your spouse or your boss. It, if you think like that, it just helps you to, to make sure that, that you are thinking through your actions, your behaviors, your words. Without blurting out something or doing something on the fly that really isn't um, what you should be doing.
0: Yeah, that's important. And of course, it's good to be known for your integrity and know when to ask for help. Keep a curious spirit. But here's what I like read at least six books a year.
1: Yeah, you know, it's amazing to me that we're not very much of a reading um, society. The numbers on that are, are. uh, amazing. But books provide us with a different perspective. You don't necessarily have to agree with everything you read, of course, but different perspectives on the world, different um, topics that can pique our inter- interest. It helps us make connections. It really just expands our horizons. You know, there was a great saying I heard the other day, and it was something like, you will be the same person you are to." today in 5 years except for the books you read and the people you meet.
0: And how wow. Can you, how wow. Can you the that same is same
1: person. Yeah. Except for the books you read, the people you meet. So it's about expanding your horizons. It's about um, growing and, and developing. And in our case with Ordinary Greatness, it's about really taking off those blinders that prevent you from seeing the greatness that surrounds you.
0: And you don't want to be, after five years, the same person who only has been watching reality shows, you know, watching other people live their lives in, frankly, a false way. I would agree with you. I'm an avid reader, though, but I do think that that is really something to think about. I think that belongs in, like, every library across the country. (laughs) So I want to say that again so I don't forget it. In five years, you're the same person except for the people you've met and the books you've read.
1: Yes, and it's a quote I read somewhere, so I may have paraphrased it a little bit, and there was not a name attached to it, so I'm sorry I can't give credit to the person who came up with with that um, concept or saying, but it just is so
0: true. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm going to credit it to you, Pam. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little greatness for you today. (laughs) And it's a great book. This will make a difference in five years. It's The Guide to Ordinary Greatness, 15 Simple Everyday Habits to Help You Create a Life of Success, co-authored by Pam Bilbrey. And Pam, I'm going to put all of your information on amystable.com, and I'll walk my talk. (laughs)
1: Well, thanks, Amy. I really appreciate
0: it. Thank you so much, and good success with the book. Well, thank you so much. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102.